Welcome back, David. Good to be here, Doug. Where you been? Man, where haven't I been? <laughs> Am I right? No, I've just been in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we stayed here. <laughs> How was your holiday season? Man, it's still going, dude. Um, the kids are going back to school today. So that's actually, it's just beginning. It's the beginning for me. That's good. It was good though, man. Yeah, we were, we were here hanging out. A lot of family time, a lot of friend time. Uh, I heard about your road trip. Got, glad you made it back safely. So I'm always a safe driver on the interstate. Aggressive, but safe. Not aggressive. Aggressive is the wrong word. Um, defensive. What's defensive. Def- defensive, maybe. I'm all, Actually, no, I'm offensive, but in a... You're offensive-minded. Yeah, in a methodical, somewhat patient kind of way. You're just going to grind down. You're going to grind. I'm not like down you. I'm not like you driving around Charlotte hunting for children to mow over. I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them too. <laughs> if you're out there, <laughs> just know. <laughs> 2018. Oh, this show is going to be, it's going to be a little therapeutic because I know that the people listening right now, they are, they are suffering through some of this Hornets basketball that. You, you just have to be honest about has not been very fun to watch. It hasn't been fun to cover. And we'll dig into this game, and then we're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you back to you. Hopefully some of you are on vacation. I am. For my day job, I'm on vacation. Me too. So we're going to get it you does. back to your vacation very quickly and, and on to your lives. And then tomorrow, we're going to have a fun show in store for you. We're going to talk about the city jersey reveals that happened what do we think about the hornets jersey what do we think about what were our favorites what were some of the worst we'll dig into that tomorrow uh plus a preview of the game against golden state which will be which will not that'll be less fun but we'll try (laughs) to make it fun all right let's get into the show You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, on Instagram at Locked On Hornets, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for fanragsports.com here on a Thursday with... My friend, the man, the myth, the legend, he's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com. It's David Walker. If we weren't friends, could we keep going? Can we keep doing this, Doug? Have you ever asked yourself that? Or maybe... Do I, I ask Do I ask myself if we're friends? If we're friends, right. First of all, start there. I think we are. I think we still mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and this season is testing that. But I think we've... <laughs> We've managed to maintain it. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Knight Residential Group. They are our choice for custom-built homes here in the Charlotte area. Visit their website, knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. We've got a great show in store for you. 
not a great result. The Hornets losing another game, this one to the Boston Celtics. 102 to 91 is the final score uh, in Charlotte. Another loss in front of a quote home crowd. A lot of right. Celtics fans. Yeah, and you could hear them on TV too. To be expected, though, I guess. I guess. <laughs> well, listen, the crowd, honestly, I mean, I, I don't like to, it's not my favorite topic to talk about, like, how is the crowd? You know, people always ask you that after the game. How is the crowd? I don't know. I mean, I'm just watching the how's game. The I'm not like watching the crowd. I, I right. watched the guy spill his beer. Uh, the the guy that was on the floor spill his beer and stop the game. Did you see that? Oh, of course. Come yeah. on, stop man. Come, Come on. on I think that's like the one thing that you have to be cognizant of. Oh, that and like don't uh, don't infuriate the the other team's best player into playing better. Like those are the two things that if you we could give some advice, right? To courtside, you have fans, the best so. seat in the house. You you are closer to a a professional athlete than than any other sports fan is ever. And, and you just have two responsibilities. Don't spill your drink and stop play and and then two, don't make Dwayne Wade angry. Like those are the only two things. And that, that guy couldn't be, manage that, to do it. And he got that booed. Should be on the ticket. He well, did he get a boo cuz he had a Celtics shirt on or because he stopped the game for a beer? I felt like once he stood up and they had a, he had a Celtic shirt on that that garnered a little reaction. I would have booed him just for the beer alone. <laughs> I know. Like, you look, if you want to pay for your ticket and you want to cheer for the opposing team, that's whatever. That's fine. But no, just hold on to your drink. It's the one thing you have do, to do. Should there be a one spill rule? Like if you spill, you're out. Like you, you fouled out. You got to go back. Party foul. Back yeah, party foul. Yeah. Immediate ejection. I like that. Next rule. man up. Next I like that up. rule. You. Okay, let's talk about this game. 102-91. Uh, David, I, I mean, this one, uh, the, sort of simple in my mind. I mean, the Hornets get out to an atrocious start. We've seen this before from the Hornets. They get down uh, 18 to 20 points and have to make a comeback. They did that in the third quarter. They fought hard, 31-16 to 16 in the third quarter, uh, mainly fueled by Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Marvin Williams getting inside, quick offense. Uh, Kimball Walker uh, contributed as well. But then in the fourth quarter, they go back to the bench, could not get enough shooting. Frank Kaminsky misses three. Travion Graham misses three. Kimball Walker was one of five in the fourth quarter. So, you know, everyone really at fault, not just for this game, but the entire uh, losing culture that they've built right now in Charlotte. David, what was your your thoughts coming out of this game? Some good things, Doug. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, let's start with I those. Mean, yeah, let's start with the good things because uh, we know the end result. But, hey, MKG played the whole game. That's always good, especially when he's, you know, doubtful or iffy uh, starting the game. Hey man was five of nine from the field, so we like that. Continuing to have a pretty good season for MKG, so that was good. I mean, four of the five starters were in double figures, Doug, and Kemba Walker got back to scoring with 24 points. Not efficient, not not terribly efficient. 22 shots to get those 24 points, but was more effective, I think, than maybe he's been over this little stretch here, uh, getting dinged up. But um, yeah, Kemba, you know, Dwight, the double-double, the four stars and double figures. Those are all good things. Somewhat contained Kyrie, I thought, uh, 21 points. He needed 19 shots to get those. But you mentioned the big thing. I mean, the bench for the Hornets, pretty much non-existent. I mean, Kaminsky had nine. Lamb did have eight. Oh, for four from Big Frank from three. And we know what happens 
when his shooting goes like that, it's just hard for this team to be. They lose their best. I was yeah, I was looking at the lose. I was looking at the splits, David. When Frank commit when the Hornets win, Frank Kaminsky is shooting above forty five percent. When they mm-hmm. when they lose, he's shooting like right at twenty seven or twenty eight percent. No, I mean, so you hate to point to like on one. You hate to point to one thing as it's and it's not. It's not just Frank Kaminsky's shooting that makes this team win or lose. But they they're, can't they're, win without. It's almost they can't. They can't be effective. It's without, tough. Right? They need some. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and, so. and 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 the reason I think it's tough, David, is because I think there is like there's one big thing that the Hornets are struggling with right now, and that's being able to execute well offensively against the set defense. To get into to get into their half court offense, move the basketball effectively enough, creatively enough, and come away with an efficient look, and and to more often than not come away with an efficient look from outside, not shooting yeah. enough three pointers. We've been over that, but the ball isn't moving enough in the half court, and and to remedy that, they you saw what happened in the third quarter. Like they performed well offensively in that third quarter to get back into the game, but look at the shot chart. It was all in the restricted area, and most of that came from making the Celtics miss and then going back down quickly and having Marvin or MKG drive or finding Marvin on like a quick pick and roll or, or getting Kemba going towards the basket. None of it was, all right, let's 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 settle down, let's run a play here, uh, you know, let's run like, you know, multiple pick and rolls. Uh, to get something going, maybe a lob play for Dwight. No, none of that was happening. Um, what what was happening though in the first half was that the Hornets were too often ending up in a in a Dwight Howard pick and pop that wasn't going in, or an MKG Never. six to seven dribble isolation play pull up that best case scenario ended up at the foul line, or or yep. a zero to one pass pull up shot that Boston Boston's the second best defense in the league. They're easily right. going to defend that, and any team competing for an Eastern Conference playoff spot is going to defend that well. And the Hornets don't have enough shooting to play like that, and yeah. and that's why they lost that game. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, they needed their free throws as they have all year to keep them in the game, and and it did. Twenty nine free throws. Uh, let's see, Da-da-da-da-da. sorry, just looking at my box score here, Doug. Yeah. 20 of 29 uh, from the line. So, and they uh, have to, that's the thing. They have there. to get those. If right. the Hornets, if the Hornets shoot yeah. 15 free throw attempts, they're probably losing that game. Yeah. And it's yeah. because they have a serious problem in the half court that has to do with personnel, not scheme. Because look, and they've, it, they've tried different things, right? I mean, Silas has, uh, has tinkered with who plays with the second unit, tried to go with that full bench unit in the first half. I don't understand that decision necessarily. Like, why would you trust your full bench unit against anyone, especially just, yeah. the Boston Celtics? That's the one thing I didn't understand. But they've tried different things. They've tried getting the ball uh, less to Dwight Howard. They've tried to create more three-point shots. And this, this personnel just isn't having it. So I do want to ask you about Silas at some point, get your thoughts on that. Because for me, like you said, he's tried things, <laughs> which, you know, was something that I wanted to see. Not much of it has worked. But if this team is what Zach Lowe says it is, and we always refer back to this, a G League team, essentially without Kimball Walker. Our Lord and Savior, what else? Zach Lowe. We always refer back to it. <laughs> 
what else can he do besides try different things? I mean, that yeah, that one was a kind nothing. of nothing. He scratcher. can't no nothing. Nothing. I said this. Yeah. I just I just went on ESPN seven thirty and they asked me about Silas. Would this would this run like affect his ability to get a head coaching job? No. Uh, how I, can it? How can it? I mean, how can look, you he judge can't. Him? Look, this team needed a couple of things to happen at the beginning of the season for them to play well. They needed Jeremy Lamb to make a leap. He did somewhat. And yeah. and he's starting to get back into a groove now that he's moved back to the bench. It was a struggle in early December. He started to to find his groove. They needed Frank Kaminsky. He had a healthy offseason. They needed him to play much better than he did last season. He has not. They yeah. needed Nick Batum uh, to, you know, he that the big storyline was not going overseas, staying here, focusing on his NBA. They needed him not to get injured. That didn't happen. That's a little out of Nick Batum's control. That's a lot out of Nick Batum's control. But he came back a little early. I thought that was a mistake. He seems healthy now, but now he's not aggressive. He's he's trying. I think he's stuck in this place where he sees that the half-court offense is not very good. He knows it's his job to get the ball moving, and it's not moving. It's and getting stuck. It's getting some, stuck in some, the paint. But but yeah. I think everyone else wants him to just shoot the damn basketball, right? And, and shoot it well, and that's not happening. Yeah, and, and you could see two or three plays a night, right, where he is the pass is not there, right, or it's there for a split second, and he's forcing and it. It's a little, and he's forcing it. It's a little too late. And it's just trying to do too much with the pass, and that inevitably ends up being a turnover. So, yeah. You know what's – I'm sorry. uh, This this just came to me. You know what's interesting to me? There seems to be a bit of a discrepancy between Coach Silas and Nick Batum about what's happening right now. And and I I don't think this is going to get any better if they continue to lose, this sort of disconnect or or people disagreeing about what the problem is. But Silas – would tell you and did tell us after the game that it's bad defense that's leading to bad offense, that they need to get stops in order to get into some of that quick offense, in order to have the other team be back on their heels as opposed to being able to communicate with one another and set their defense, Um, that they play better offense off misses than makes. Nick Batum told us after the game that when they move the ball offensively, they tend to get better looks and then and then play better defensively. So one saying that you, you have Coach Silas saying that bad defense is leading to bad offense, and Nick Batum saying bad offense is leading to bad defense. It's a bit of a, a chicken and the egg situation. Now, D- David, which one of you which one of those do you, do you <laughs> think is more correct? I knew you were gonna ask me that, Doug. Well, um, I was trying to stall to give you time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. This is think- the technique. I mean, the biggest thing that their offense, besides the ball movement, which which results in getting some easy baskets, but so does turnovers, and I think the defense leads to that. So I've always leaned more to that, so, uh, to Silas's point on this, that, mm-hmm. you know, the easy baskets are not coming. They're not – everything is difficult, you know, to our point about Batum trying to make the difficult pass, even in the half-court half situation. Like, there's no easy opportunities, and, of course, the ball movement is going to help that. So – I don't think either one of them are necessarily wrong, do you? I mean, those are both issues, but this team is a defense-first team. You know, they chart deflections for a reason. They value those things. And if their defense doesn't give them some advantage on offense in the form of easy buckets, then it's hard for them to generate a consistent flow. So, I mean, they're both issues, but I think it always going to start on defense. 
Yeah, that that's the the obvious answer, right? That they're probably both right. Like who is but who is more right? And right. honestly, I'm leaning towards Nick Batum because I think that this team ideally should be able to get into their sets and execute on offense. They have enough talent. Nick Batum is a talented offensive basketball player. Kimball Walker is you know, one of the kind of elite offensive players uh, in the league. And, and then you have Dwight, who uh, can, if you facilitate for him, as opposed to um, just getting him the basketball and asking him to create, or really, you don't have to ask him. I mean, he wants, <laughs> that's that's kind of been one of the issues. Like, he wants to create, so he gets the ball and he kind of holds on to it. But um, this team should be able to create in the half court, and, and they are not. And that's what hurt them against Boston is that, look, you're not, I don't think, unless you're the, you know, Dan Tony's sons of old or the Rockets now, that it's tough to begin a game immediately getting up and down the floor. Like, it's a lot like football where you have, you know, you sort of have a script a little bit where, where you know what kind of plays you want to get to. So a lot of teams will start the game in half court sets, calling plays, trying to get action. And the Hornets just can't do it. I mean, you've seen so many times where they get down, you know, seven to one, uh, you know, ten to three, and and it's because other teams like a Boston, like Toronto, like Houston can execute in the half court and can run. The Hornets, they don't have enough shooting, and the, the execution just isn't there offensively. Um, and, and maybe you credit that to all of these injuries that they've had to sustain. They've been without Kemba. They've been, they were out with, they were without Nick for a significant amount of time. And maybe, you know, a lot of what they wanted to do with Dwight Howard and with, with Kemba Walker centered around having Nick Batum being that second facilitator never really got to establish that. And, and it's dominoed into what you're, what you're seeing. And you, you, you tag onto that, that they had a shortened preseason period, so they didn't even have enough time. And Dwight Howard's a guy you have to really prepare your team for. And maybe they just they didn't have enough time, and now they've been trying to play catch-up since, and it's not working. And, and maybe Silas, you tell me if I'm off here. I mean, maybe he's looking at it from the larger view, like up and down the roster, right? Because like that second unit, they're not going to be able to create. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough for them to create. Um, we don't have enough. They don't have enough creators on this team. I mean, that's been the problem from day one. So maybe he's saying like, that's got to be the overall philosophy up and down, no matter who's in there on the defensive end. Right. And perhaps Pertum is talking about specific times, maybe when he's out there or Kimba's out there. Um, but yeah, it, it's all an issue. I mean, it's all an issue right now. I, you see it with, even with Kimba, man, I mean, they've got to have it from Kimba. They've got to have his scoring, but even he's pressing a little bit on some of these shots, four of 10 from three last night, I don't have a problem with any of them uh, because he's basically the only guy that can do it. But you, you, you can't look at all those shots and say they're within the flow of the offense. This is Locked on Hornets. Our boys got to go Cobra Kai. We got to go 80s villain defense. Grow a goatee. Do the uh, gladiator stab him real quick in the ribs before Have an the Eastern game. European accent. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, I want to take a second to tell you about the Knight Residential Group. If you haven't heard about these cats, they are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction 
brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the very highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you'll end up with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to just any construction company. No, you have to use the group that we trust here on the show. Call them at 704-733-9566, Knight Residential Group, or visit knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners here in Charlotte and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. All right, back to this game. Uh, David, uh, what else did you see? I mean, obviously another uh, bad offensive game uh, from Michael Carter-Williams, 0-5 from the field. Um, everybody wants to focus on the the missed layups, obviously. Uh, not many – there weren't many easy layups in this game. I mean, that's not – you know, Boston's a good defensive yeah. team. They weren't giving him many opportunities to do that. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to be tough to win a basketball game when between – between Kaminsky, Travion Graham, and Michael Carter Williams, you go, what, two of nineteen? Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. It's not two a lot of nineteen makes. from your bench. That's but but how long? Bench. I guess the question is, David, and I'm sure this is a question would, that people yeah. are asking on Twitter. Like, how long can you go with Michael Carter Williams at the backup point guard position? Like, how know. much? How long why, can this last? Yeah, I don't know why it's still going. To be honest with you, it's you know whatever the perceived benefit of having him out there is it's not worth what the rest of it that comes with it so I, I guess the only other choice is monk or reshuffle the deck a little bit or something but they've tried a lot of different things they need to try something on that front because it's just not working at this point I, I, you know he, he can bring the ball up he, he does apply some pressure he, he can at times you know beat the trap but he's not doing even any of those things 100 all the time and it, it's difficult to watch it's not helping. Again, like we said with Frank, obviously it's not all on him, but that's the one area where they maybe could try something else. If they didn't send Monk down to Greensboro to just get shots up, which is that's why he went and that's what he did because that's what he does. Um, you know, if that wasn't in preparation for some sort of insertion into the lineup to see if they can give him a different look, if he can give them some three-point shooting, I, I don't know what the overall benefit of it was. They need so, they need some kind of insertion. I need some yeah, I need an insertion, need insertion of Valium if this is going to continue like this. That's hey, what I, yeah. To to the larger point on the bench unit, that was the other thing that stuck out to me. And I'm, I'm not going to throw Jason Tatum on that bench unit because he was outstanding last night, uh, or in talking about that bench unit because he started. But you also had Rozier and Larkin, who you mentioned in the preview yesterday, killed the Hornets last time. Got him again. Three of four last night. They're open shots. I mean, these guys are getting open shots, and, and, and they're knocking them down. But especially Rozier, man, um, you know, when he first came out, there was a, some doubt for, for rookies, as there is. But he has really proved to be another one of these 3 and D guys. I always <clears throat> refer back to the Celtics as kind of the blueprint for putting a team together in this day and age with all these guys that can defend and shoot the three when left open. I mean, that's exactly what he did last night. And they hustled. Doug, they flat out out hustled the Hornets in that stretch there where they made that little push. And Rozier was a big force in that. He literally got a steal, came down and hit a three, you know, the definition of three and D. And uh, that was just too much from those guys. 15 from Rozier, 11 from Larkin to go along with 18 big ones from from Tatum. And, and that added up to be too much for the Hornets that were in there. 
Yeah, if, if, if the opposing team has multiple 3 and D players on their bench. Yeah, and they didn't even have Brown then, out there, right? Right. No, this was, yeah, this was a Celtics team that was wounded. They had no Brown, no Morris, no Semi-Ogele. And yeah, it's, it's a tough matchup. Tatum, Tatum was a tough matchup for Oof, most of this man. game. I think he had a bad third quarter, but uh, I mean, he was just getting to the rim at will. Uh, yep. I mean, Dwight couldn't guard him. Frank couldn't guard him. Marvin struggled at times. MKG had a couple of shots at him, and Tatum is just is just too good. Really good. I, I think of, really good. of all of the rookies. I mean, to me, he's he's the the oh, one that man. stands out to me as the guy that could have a superstar career. Uh, and easily. he didn't hit a three last night, and that was a big question mark for me especially early on was his ability to kind of step out and hit a three he was oh three last night but i think for the season i believe he's leading is he leading the league did they they said that on the, on the on the broadcast last night so he's been effective everywhere and he's just really gifted offensively so basically i mean in my mind if you ask me like what's wrong with the hornets they can't they can't shoot uh, they can't develop yeah. good shots and when they have open shots they haven't been able to get them because i think they can't develop good shots enough they can't get into a rhythm the offense is so quickly taken out of a rhythm unless they are running up and down the floor which they don't start the game doing that and they really can't sustain it once they start so they end up in these big holes the hornets are 24th in offensive rating in the first quarter they're 25th in effective field goal percentage and they're fourth defensively that's the thing like they play good they normally play good defense in the first quarter they just can't get anything going offensively and, and they're struggling to close games. Look, when you struggle to open games and you struggle to close games, then, you know, if so facto, you're, you're probably not a very good basketball team despite whatever talent you have uh, on, on paper. Uh, so looking ahead, David, now they go on this road trip. They haven't been very good on the road. They start with Golden State. You could probably pencil that in as a, as a big old L. Uh, but then they play three <laughs> beatable teams. They play the yep. Clippers, they play Sacramento, and they play the Lakers. Uh, three teams that they can't – they have a – again, on paper, they have a possibility to beat. Uh, but they haven't shown an ability to beat. Uh, they, they got beaten by the Lakers. They have beaten the Clippers. I don't think they've played Sacramento this year yet. If they come away with this 3-1, and one, David uh. – I'm just let me just put it out there, okay? Just, just, just like let me play with this theory, because I said this on the radio, and they were like, "Do you, do you believe this will happen?" And I said, "Well, no, but listen, just let me, <laughs> just, just let me play with this idea that if they do go three and one on this road trip, is, and then after that, I think they play eight of their next nine at home against again yep. their their schedule starts to ease up a little bit there're no more games against the Cavs and the Spurs and the Warriors like you're not seeing these teams anymore you're going to start seeing teams that are beatable do if they go 3-1 on this road trip do you say okay hold on hold on let's not let's not blow this thing up yet let's just see if if they can make a run at things of course that's what we do absolutely <laughs> you we know keep what are hope they? alive yeah, what are I they? I find it entertaining. Driving? I find it inspiring. Uh, I mean, as long as they're within striking distance, unfortunately, not unfortunately, as long as they're within striking distance of the playoffs, then, you know, they're right there. But uh, until you see some consistency, and that's what they're it 12 and take. 22, by the way, they're 10 games below 500. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, um, they would need, and and this is not. I, I'm not playing like. Look, I get it, and I think we've done a pretty good job of going over why this team is is a bad basketball team right now. But at the same time, they have shown an ability in previous years to go on some pretty incredible runs, 
and the schedule uh, uh, the schedule in front of them, other than these four road games, they play a lot at home to, to in January. Like they have an opportunity to set themselves the up, but this almost, yeah. but the, the problem, David, I'm like rubbing my, sorry, I'm rubbing my temples right now because the problem is a lot like that Boston game. Think about what happened in that Boston game, right? They got off to a slow start. They looked inherently bad. And then they went into halftime. The, there were some rah-rahs. They come out in the third quarter. They change themselves completely uh, in, in terms of both scheme and energy and intangibles and everything. And they put together this incredible third quarter only to have it all fall apart in the fourth quarter. And, right. and that's what the season is starting to look like to me now where, yeah, they could definitely uh, – y- they could go 3-1 and one on this road trip. They could then uh, uh, take some of these home games that they've got coming up and turn that into a win 10 of 15, and and all of a sudden, okay, well, there's some life, and then they get smacked with a bunch of like four- and five-game road trips. Yeah. I mean, I think this team's trying to tell us who it is, and at some point we're going to have to believe them. Don't, don't, no, no, don't tell me. Shh, shh, shh. Keep, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, no, just, just don't, don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Don't, don't keep, keep breathing. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> uh, they're not good, but that's the thing, David. They're not going to keep fighting. That I think they're going to, uh, they're going it's to try tough, to keep. Right? This is not what people want to hear. This is not what they want to hear right now on their on their Thursday in the middle of their week, trying to get to this weekend and to the new year. They don't want to hear this. They want to hear that they're going to blow it up. They're going to f- fire everyone and and uh, start Malik Monk and give him 70 shots. That's what they want to hear. That's not what's going to yeah. happen. That's what they want to hear. That's not what's going to happen. They're they're probably, especially if they win three of these next four on the road, That's the, that might be the danger, that they do win three of the next four on the road, that they do give some glimmer of hope, and uh, all of a sudden – they 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 decide to to keep on this track, but if but if they don't, then what would you do? Say they they drop three of the next four, then then what do you do when they come back home? Well, we talked to Rip, now he said it's going to be hard to unravel this thing all at once. So like the blow it up theory um, would be a difficult one to go down go to. Uh, I, look, you've got to. We talked about it earlier. You've, I mean. <laughs> Why not throw Monk in there at this point? That's what else? What other answer is there, Doug? Monk and Bacon. That's what I said. That's what I said on the radio. Like, there's the 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 changes that are going to happen are going to be subtle. You you might see, you know, if if they decide to start to look to the future, a a lot of these decisions are going to have to be made at the trade deadline, which would be later in February. Trade deadline coming. But then they're going to run into the same situation that they ran into when they tried to inquire about Jimmy Butler. That these pieces are not attract like Nick Batum is not an attractive piece. Frank Kaminsky is right. not an attractive piece. Well, they right. gonna trade Travion Graham. They gotta guarantee his contract first. There's just not a, I'm 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 not being like I'm not I'm trying well, not Kemp to be like glib one. about I mean, it, but at are, the same time, yeah. they're they're in a in a weird situation where fans are going to want major changes and the Hornets are going to be unable to provide them with those changes until probably the off season, maybe longer than that. Maybe longer than that, because Kemba's the carrot that everyone has out there right now. I just don't see them doing that, Doug, with the all-star game coming in. We've talked about this, trading their only 
legitimate shot at, at an all-star as it stands right now next year, right? I mean, can you see this team just totally tanking out, having the league focus on the city for an entire weekend, you know, be the showcase and, 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 and be bottom of the barrel um, with, with no potential to have anyone in that game? I just, I don't see that. Well, okay. I don't either, but I hate to leave this on such a dark note. But, but after listening to the crowd last night, like, what's the one reason you wouldn't want to tank? It's like well, the one, like the yeah, one, because, because the, totally cra- tune out the crowd, because yeah, because people would not, people would stop caring, you know, would totally your bottom your, <laughs> bottom your crowd, but we're kind of there. Your shame is close. Yeah. We're pretty close. Maybe not there, there, but we're pretty close to, to having an atmosphere where uh, not a lot of people care anyway. So the, the loudest that I've heard the crowd cheer in, in the past couple of weeks is when Monk hit back-to-back shots. Mm-hmm. So maybe at some point you go, okay, whatever happens in the offseason happens in the offseason. You know, figure out what, what, what the future for uh, Steve Clifford is. Figure out what the future for Kimba Walker is because he's going to have a lot to say about that. And you go, yep. okay, well, let's give the people what they want at least. And, and then just try to figure it out in the offseason. That, to me, is the most likely scenario if the season becomes lost, which I don't think would happen until – I don't think, honestly, like, again, when you look at the schedule, they go on this road trip and then they have a ton of home games. So I don't see them really rolling over and saying, well, okay, let's try to figure some stuff out for next season until after that homestand, which would be almost at the end of January. So – uh, yeah. There you go. All right, we've talked a lot, David. Uh, this was a. I hope. Hopefully, this was a good therapy session. That's what this is. The show is turning into. But tomorrow, we're done with the therapy. Tomorrow, it's going to be fun. We're going to uh, end this week the right way. In the year, the right way. We'll have some year end stuff, and uh, we're going to talk about these uh, city jerseys that were revealed uh, yesterday. All of the jerseys yesterday, or the day before. Anyway, they're out there. You you can see yep. them right now. We'll tell you what our favorites are. We'll tell you what the, what we hate. And uh, we'll just have a good time tomorrow. So uh, check us out. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. Tell a friend. We're going to have some fun the rest of the season, no matter what happens, because we're going to be talking about the Hornets. We're going to be talking about the future. We're going to be talking about the NBA and much more. So you want to stick with us. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Make sure you uh, check out Patreon. Support the show. If you love us, support the show. I'm Doug. He's David. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.